Thank you so much, Nathan Barbara. Uh, and thank you so much to all of you uh, for your, your love, your prayers, your encouragement for Jess and I as we've started our marriage. Uh, it's been a great joy, um, and also it's a great joy to be with you here today. Um, and also opening up this word uh, from God today as well. Um, it is God's word. Let me ask him for help before we start. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you so much for your generosity in revealing who you are to us. Lord, we pray today you would help us to accept your truth about your family uh, and what it means to know you and live for you today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you see last Sunday, you might have seen a picture pop up. Uh, last Sunday, Jess and I were separated from you. Uh, we were driving from Sussex Inlet up to Wollongong, hopefully to be here in time for church conference, but our car only made it to Nara, about 80k, about 80K short. Um, you can see that we're pretty upset about it, um, but the truth is we really did miss being with you, uh, but we knew that we only had to wait one more week to be here at church with you. And this, this isn't how Paul felt about being separated from the Thessalonians. He was absolutely devastated and worried sick because he was torn away from his family. He says, brothers and sisters, we were orphans by being separated from you. In chapter 1, he also describes himself as a spiritual mother and father to the Thessalonians. He cared for them and he encouraged them as his own little children in the faith. And Paul, he's not just separated from his children by distance. He's tried so hard again and again to see them, but he's been blocked from being with them. And his children are in danger. They're suffering. They're in a spiritual war zone, and Paul can't be there to protect them. As we explore more of Paul's letter now, we'll see his huge emotions, his deep pain and deep worry, and also his great joy and thankfulness. We'll explore this passage in three points. Firstly, be concerned for the faith of your Christian family. Secondly, be encouraged by the faith of your Christian family. And finally and thirdly, pray for the faith of your Christian family. Firstly, be concerned for the faith of your Christian family. The Thessalonians, they're very young Christians. It's only been a few months since Paul first preached the good news of Jesus to them and when they first started following Jesus. They've also been treated badly because they follow Jesus. And they don't have very much detailed teaching about Jesus or what it means to live for Jesus because Paul, he was forced to leave them just after a few weeks by people who hated Christians. And Paul, he is so desperate to see and know that his children are living out their faith and love and not turning away from following Jesus. He says in verse 17 and 18, read with me, But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Uh, when Paul says we and us, he's talking about himself and his co-workers, co-workers uh, Silas and Timothy. Uh, Paul, he's the, the writer of this letter, so I'll be mainly talking about Paul. And we see that Paul, he's been separated from the Thessalonians in person. He's about 500 kilometres away in Athens, but he was still with them in thought. He was constantly thinking about them and praying for them. 
but he couldn't bear being separated from them in person. And that's why he made every effort to go and see them again and again. But every time he tried, Satan blocked his path. We don't really know what Satan blocking the path looked like, but what we do know is that Paul desperately wanted to be with them, but he couldn't. Why, why was he trying so hard to see them? Well, he tells us in verse 19, he says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you, Thessalonians? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Paul's greatest hope is for the Thessalonians to be with him as part of God's family when Jesus returns. To be there when Jesus returns, this means they need to stand firm in faith and love. And Paul, he knows that he can help them stand firm in their faith and love if he can go and strengthen and encourage them by teaching them God's truth. You see, Jesus' return is the big theme in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Um, The Thessalonians, they did believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, He lived in this world. He died on the cross to save sinners. He rose again from the dead and and went to be with God the Father in heaven. And that one day, Jesus would return from heaven into this world. Uh, The Thessalonians were waiting for Jesus to return, but Paul thinks they need to refocus on Jesus' return because this is the most important time Every person has to be looking forward to. Why? Because Jesus' return will be a time of judgment. Everyone will be judged. Those who have stood firm in trusting and living for Jesus will receive eternal life. Those who have rejected Jesus and not lived for him will go to eternal death. There is no more important time than when Jesus comes back. So Paul, he is encouraging the Thessalonians to set their focus on when Jesus returns. Our year 12 HSC exams, they started last week. Uh, Imagine you're a parent and your daughter or son has a big exam coming up. Some of us don't have to imagine that hard. And maybe they're not really focused on their exam. Maybe they're more focused on looking at their phone or going shopping. What would you do? You would be loving them by saying, hey, uh, the, this exam, it's important. Uh, it would be good for you to study and try your best. And here in Thessalonians, Paul is talking about so much, something so much bigger than year 12 exams. He's talking about the ends when Jesus comes back and the time when everyone will be judged to eternal life or eternal death. And Paul's focus on Jesus' return, that's a real challenge to me. Um, at the moment, I feel like my, my focus and my hope can simply be caught up uh, to the ends of my college assignments uh, or looking forward to when Jess and I move to Wollongong. But here we see with Paul and Thessalonians... Uh, My great focus, our great focus and hope needs to be on when Jesus returns because that's when all of us will be judged either to eternal life or eternal death. Paul is so concerned 
for the faith of his spiritual children. But he couldn't be with them, and so in his desperation, he sent Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 2 says this, We sent Timothy, who was our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Uh, Paul, he didn't send Timothy to make sure that they were physically safe or to make sure that they had enough money or food. He sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage them in their faith. Because their faith is what will give them eternal life when Jesus comes back. Strengthening and encouraging. Strengthening is about resisting temptation and pressure. The Thessalonians, they're facing a lot of temptation and pressure to stop following Jesus and go back to worshipping idols like everybody else. Timothy, he's there to strengthen them so they will keep living for Jesus. And encouragement, that speaks about being comforted. Uh, Comforted in knowing and believing that trusting Jesus really is the right way. It really is the way to eternal life. And it's also encouragement to keep growing in faith and love. In verse 3, Paul says he knows that they're facing trials. In fact, when he first preached to them the good news of Jesus, he said, we're going to face trials, we're going to suffer, and you're going to suffer too. It wasn't a surprise when Paul was first forced to leave the Thessalonians by people who hated Christians. And it wasn't a surprise that the Thessalonians were also suffering because they were living for Jesus. Paul, he told them they were going to suffer because it was the truth. And also because knowing about our trials and suffering ahead of time helps us to prepare and stand firm. But we see in the text that knowing that the Thessalonians are facing this suffering, it makes Paul desperately worried. He fears the worst in verse 5. He says, I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. The tempter Paul is talking about is Satan. Paul, he knows that Satan is real and that Satan has real power. Uh, Satan is working to oppose the work of God's people and he works to tempt Christians to stop living for Jesus, to take them away from eternal life. When we think of Satan today, we can't be naive and ignore that Satan is actually working in our world. Satan does have power and he does tempt people away from following Jesus. But also we can't place too much emphasis on the work of Satan to take away from our own responsibility to resist sin and do what's right. In other words, when we do something wrong, we can't just say, oh, Satan made me do it. We recognize that Satan has power and that he wants us to stop following Jesus. But more than that, if we trust Jesus, we know that we're on Jesus' side. And Jesus is so much more powerful than Satan. And one day, he will win the battle once and for all against Satan and against evil. When that day comes, we have to be on Jesus' side rather than trying to fight Satan by ourselves. With Satan fighting against us, the only safe place to be is with Jesus. How do we stand with Jesus? Will we hold fast 
to the truth of God's word in the Bible. Uh, That means reading it, understanding it, believing it, living by it. And we depend on Jesus every day. That means asking him to help us to trust him and to live for him. If we're with Jesus, Satan, he can block our path, but he can't take away our eternal life. In verse 5, we see that Paul fears that Satan has tempted the Thessalonians away from eternal life. But in verse 6, he hears good news. And that brings us to our second point, be encouraged by the faith of your Christian family. Verses 6 and 7. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we're encouraged about you because of your faith. Paul, he was desperately worried, thinking that the Thessalonians may have stopped following Jesus. But then he is overjoyed when Timothy tells him the good news of the Thessalonians' faith and love. Faith and love, they're two fundamental Christian characteristics. Faith is believing and trusting in Jesus, and love is the evidence of that faith. Loving God, loving your Christian family, and loving others. And this moment, this is an outstanding moment. You see, when Paul says good news in verse 6, he's using the same word that's often translated gospel, which means the good news of Jesus. Uh, That's the message of Jesus that has the power to rescue anyone who believes in it, rescue them from sin and death to eternal life. And that's how the word's translated in verse 2 when Paul mentions Timothy as a co-worker in God's service, spreading the gospel of Christ. Uh, so, So why is this an outstanding moment? Well, when Paul says Timothy brought him good news of the Thessalonians' faith and love, Uh, This is the only time that Paul uses his good news word for something other than a life-saving gospel message. Hearing that the Thessalonians are standing firm in faith and love is gospel to Paul. Not not the gospel, but gospel nonetheless. Uh, Such wonderful good news that the Thessalonians are continuing to trust and live for Jesus despite all their suffering. And Paul says more in verse 8. He says, For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. For now we really live. Do you know those times when you feel alive again? Uh, Maybe you have this experience, amazing experience in nature. Uh, Or when you fall in love. Or or when you feel an intense thrill. Uh, We say, oh, I, I feel alive again. You see, Paul isn't simply saying, Oh, that's nice. They're still, they're still Christians. Paul is saying, oh, I, I, I was so worried. It's as if I was dying because I didn't know if you were still trusting Jesus with all the troubles that you're facing. But now I know you're trusting Jesus and loving God. Now I can breathe again. I feel alive again. And this whole time, Paul has been praying for the Thessalonians. That brings us to our third point. Pray for the faith of your Christian family. 
Verse 9 says, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Uh, Paul is full of thankfulness and joy because of the Thessalonians. Uh, It's similar to what he was saying about them being his hope, joy, crown and glory in chapter 2. When Jesus returns, the Thessalonians who keep trusting Jesus will be like Paul's crown, showing that he has been trustworthy as a messenger and teacher of God's truth. They're not just the crown, they're also his great joy. Uh, Imagine you're a teacher and you have year 12 students. Uh, You spend hours teaching them, encouraging them, loving them, and then they do well in their HSC. Uh, And then maybe they get the job they want or they get the university entry that they want. Wouldn't that give you pleasure and joy? Uh, You've worked to see them succeed, and now they're actually succeeding. But for Thessalonians, for the Thessalonians and Paul, uh, it's, it's much more than a job. It's much more than studying at uni. It's about eternal life and being part of God's family forever. Maybe we would look at Paul's life and say, Paul, people have tried to kill you. You've been shipwrecked, you've been thrown in jail. Why did you keep telling people about Jesus? And Paul would say, I did it for my children in the faith. My greatest joy is for my spiritual children to be safe with God forever when Jesus comes back. And Paul continues in verse 10, he says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. The Thessalonians are still baby Christians. There's a lot lacking in their faith. Um, If you send a young adult to live out of home, they're probably still lacking a few life skills. But what if we left toddlers to care for themselves? Wouldn't we be desperate to go back to them and supply what is lacking in their understanding of the world? I have found this picture. This guy's got a whole carrot in his mixing bowl. He clearly needs help. Wouldn't we run back to them and try to teach them how to read and write, how to to avoid bad people? Well, really, we'd want to stay with them as long as we could until they could care for themselves. And Paul, he wants to supply what is lacking in the Thessalonians' faith. He wants to be with them and try to help them overcome anything that would take them away from living for Jesus. He wants to teach them what they need to know and understand and believe about Jesus so they can keep living for Jesus until the very end, until eternal life. And so we praise in verse 11 that he'll be able to come to the Thessalonians. And in verse 12 he continues, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you'll be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. He prays they will grow in love, the expression of their true faith. Uh, He prays they will be holy and blameless before God when Jesus returns. And we know that Paul's big focus is on when Jesus returns. He's saying, if Jesus returns tomorrow, 
or in 10 years or in 10 th- or 2,000 years. I'm praying for you to be standing before God holy and blameless so that you will have eternal life and not eternal death. Paul's prayer, it's a model for our prayers. How do we pray for ourselves and for each other? You see, even in Wollongong, the devil is prowling around like a lion. Satan, I mean, is prowling around like a lion. There are so many temptations to stop us living for Jesus. So friends, brothers and sisters, please pray for yourselves. Pray for each other. Pray for me to stand firm in faith and love, to be holy and blameless before God when Jesus comes back. And as I've been reading and thinking about this passage, I've been convicted of how I need to take time to ask you about your faith and love. Asking questions like, what's, what's helping you to trust Jesus this week? What's making it hard to trust Jesus this week? Paul, well, he was torn away from his Christian family, uh, but most of us can meet with each other whenever we want. And when we're apart, we can call and message each other. So friends, it's up to us to, to, to treasure all the opportunities that we have to be with each other uh, on Sundays, in our growth groups, uh, and wherever else to strengthen and encourage each other in our faith and love. Jesus really is coming back. So let's do everything that we can to be standing together, holy and blameless before God, when Jesus comes back. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, just as Paul prayed for the Thessalonians, we pray for our church family. Please make our love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Please strengthen our hearts so that we will be blameless and holy before you when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.